people, when they meet you for the first time, they don't really care what you do for a living. Why should they? They don't know you. So my strategy today was asking people, where are you from? What, do you, what is your hobby? What is your passion? I want to know them, you know, personally. You know, someone told me he has a 250-gallon fish tank in his house. I love what you said about that. Because, Joel Ball, everyone. Because you'll remember the guy with the fish tank. It, boom, 250-gallon. You didn't know what 250-gallon looks like. Maybe is it, is it like gallons of orange juice, 250 of them lined up in your kitchen? Like but you remember, this guy's got a fish tank. Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I'm a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to this, to this episode of the Love Your 9 to 5 show. This is a show where we help people discover a career and a business which truly fits their natural abilities. And we also speak with others who have helped uh, other professionals make this change. Today, we, ha- we are actually at the LinkedIn Global event here in Holmdel, New Jersey, and we're doing a live in-person interview. And my guest today is Tully Krause. Tilly Krauss has a very interesting business about one of the senses that we don't sense all the time, that we don't think about all the time. So Tilly, tell us a little bit about your company and about what you do, and then we're going to get a little bit more to what your industry in general. Hey, Shmuel. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm super excited. Hey, everyone. My name is Tully Krauss. I work for a company called Fresh Sense. Fresh Sense does commercial scenting. So you know when you ever walk into a hotel and you're just blown away because it smells so good? That's what we do. We service many different industries from hospitality, like hotels. We'll do healthcare, like nursing homes and hospitals. We do gyms, schools, commercial office buildings, so on and so forth. Um, people don't realize that once, how much the sense of smell means to them every single day, how much they use it. And when they hear about me, they're like, oh, I want one for my office. I want it to smell good every day. Because the reality is when you're in a place that smells really amazing, you work much better, your mood is up, you know, you're a lot more productive. Okay, well thank you for that overview. Although generally we will save the pitch for the end, but I definitely set you up with that. I'm always fascinated, and the reason why I started this podcast, um, and all the people that I meet in person and on the podcast, I'm always curious of how people chose a particular profession. To choose a profession about uh, the sense of smell is definitely unique and it's not something that's on the typical drop-down menu of life. So how in the world did you pick this profession and better yet, did you choose this or did it fall into your lap? Okay, so I originally had a job as a corporate purchaser for a group of nursing homes in Ohio. Corporate office was in New York and I was purchasing and one thing I realized that I had really good communication skills but I didn't really enjoy buying all the time, negotiating contracts. Um, and this guy approached me, he's like, Tuli, I have these air fresheners, I want to get into your nursing homes, because that's the clientele I service, and I loved the product. So I put them into the nursing homes, and I kept on telling the owner of the company, get on LinkedIn, promote your product, I believe in it, you should too, uh, put it out there. And he's like, after the holiday season, um, in January time, 2019, he's like, Tuli, let's go out for lunch, we'll talk LinkedIn. A day later, he gave me an offer I can refuse, 
And once I started in this business, I realized that I'm so sensory oriented. I love things that smell good. I love things that feel soft. I, leave, I love things that are visually attractive, a nice piece of scenery, um, you know, the ocean and stuff like that. So that really, really worked out. And I love schmoozing with everyone. So that was it. Okay, so the networking part, I'm not going to let you off easy here because the networking part is generic and that would apply to anything that you're selling. And the way that we've met and the way that I see uh, at this event how you've been very instrumental in bringing a lot of this together, that's something that fits with your personality. And that, that's uh, actually wonderful. But you actually started this as someone else coming into your company, selling their product. And I can tell you as my former life as a nursing home administrator, maybe in the beginning, um, in the beginning, I used to try to wine and dine the salespeople because I felt important that they, they want my attention and they need my business. But after a very short while, I would refuse all phone calls, all meetings. If someone like you walked in, I'm here to sell anything, I would send a message that I just died and I'm not no longer available for any appointments ever. Don't ever call me back. So you were in the purchasing department. You're pitched by people's services every single day. I'm sure you get tons and tons and tons of pitches. What stuck out with this product that made you really jump into it? And you really, you really, uh, at the end of the day, you adopted it as your own. So for me, as I said, I'm very sensory oriented. So what I did was I trialed it in my office. So every morning I used to come into work, it smelled like fresh linen, which made me feel all nostalgic. You know, when I was younger, I loved the smell of fresh linen. After my mother did fresh laundry, get into bed at night, that fragrance just, you know, made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. So when I came into work every single day for a week or two, however long the trial was for, I loved it. So that really resonated with me. I loved the product. So that's where it took off. Okay, so this is... Um this is a very good point. Now, uh, specifically, nursing homes are known to have other types of smells, um, as, as we all know. And so a lot of these vendors, they try to sell the scent not so much as being nostalgic and as reminding us of other places or periods of our life. A lot of it's more as a cover-up for certain things that are there. But really, what you're saying is much deeper than that. It's not just that something that smells... It's not an air freshener, right? It's not just something that smells good. Actually, our mind connects the smells with certain events and places that we've been in the past. I know one, one, of, uh, one of the people who, who we, well, I don't think it was your company, I think we spoke about this earlier, but we did trial such a project in the past, and for some of the residents to have a scent that somehow connected to something in their past can, a can actually help um, those with severe dementia reconnect to certain areas um, of their past. Now, moving on to another point here. What do you, since you made this transition, so you're kind of on a straight path of purchaser uh, for a group of healthcare facilities, and then you made this really detour. Um, you kind of went over to the other side. Uh, what was the biggest struggle in making that transition? And uh, before you even answer, and while you're thinking about it, for the, for the benefit of the listeners who are struggling in a, in a job that they don't like or a job that they hate, and as you know, uh, something when I was in, I would hate when my employees would talk about their grouchy Mondays and TGIF and they live for the weekends. So there are plenty and plenty of people who are still like that and that's why they listen to this show. You were in your job and you made this transition. So A, did you not enjoy your job? Was it a terrible fit? And how did, what was the biggest struggle that you had in making this transition? So the first part of your question is, was it, um, did I not like my earlier job? 
is what happened was I really I realized that what I was good at was communicating because I was sort of a policeman. There were people who wanted to buy certain things and I needed to sometimes say no. Um, but I was really good at communicating that and when we got off the phone call, they wouldn't feel so angry at me. So that was really what I was good at. But negotiating contracts, running data, reports, that wasn't really my thing. Um, to answer your second question, what was my, first, my primary struggle when I started this new uh, job was closing. And I, I used to talk to people a lot. They were interested. And these things uh, of potential proposal, I used to send them a contract, expecting them to sign it that day if, ever, if they reviewed it and the price was good. But the reality was I used to slip out after two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. And I got better at getting personal commitments from them. Um, so, you know, to expedite the closing process. Okay. But uh, even more specific, the actual transition from being the policeman, which is pretty much what a purchaser is, at least in that role, to being someone whose responsibility is to grow revenue. Was that a seamless transition for you? I think it was because I already had a network of people in the healthcare industry that I had built good relationships with that I could now sell to. They trusted me when we were both healthcare. I used to help each other. We used to help each other a lot. We used to provide value for each other. So they trusted me. I trusted them. And now going into sales, I was able to approach them because we already had a previous relationship. Got it. Got it. So the sales part and the networking part came a little bit more naturally. Um, and that wasn't that really wasn't such a transition. Tell us what is the biggest myth that people have about the sense of smell, and what is the biggest um, novelty about the sense of smell that people don't uh, that don't have. And I know we spoke about this on the phone, and you know you mentioned that some people they sell their product and their service, and all they know is their product or their service, but they don't own that entire knowledge body of knowledge that has to that surrounds their product and they're they're really not educated and that definitely affects the how much they can actually believe in their product or in their service so i know you've done research on this so if you can share with us something that people think about it that's not true and maybe perhaps something that we don't know so people don't realize how important um scent can be regarding like what is a popular myth that people have let me think about that for a second. Um, but to answer your second part of the question, um, something that is really cool about fragrance is you have these olfactory bulbs in your nose which are actually connected to the part of your brain that control memory and emotion. So that's why um, some people who will love the scent of freshly baked chocolate chip cookies, it's a, there's a reason behind it. Because if you ask them, they'll tell you, oh, my mother on every year on my birthday used to bake chocolate chip cookies. For someone, it could be the scent of freshly cut grass. Because they used to do that when they were younger. Um, it goes, you know, it hits that, that part of your brain that is memory and emotion. Regarding the most popular myth, I think a big myth, but this will be specifically towards catered towards healthcare, right? Um, I'll, I'll meet with people in healthcare nursing homes. And they'll tell me, why should I put your product in my nursing homes? If now the nursing homes smell good, the housekeeping team will actually start slowing down on their work because they'll see, oh, um, it smells good now, so I don't have to clean as good. So before I did sales, I was in purchasing, and I had these things in my nursing home. And you know what I realized? People were much more upbeat. Their moods improved when it, it doesn't smell like piss anymore. They walked in. It smelled like fresh linen. It smelled like uh, green tea and you walk in it smells good your mood changes people are happier residents are happier and it just it was it's more of a marketing piece more than just a housekeeping product okay awesome um, I could just add to that that I I know that I was involved in a major renovation 
in one of uh, in one of our skilled nursing facilities, and there were certain particular staff members that I knew were not uh, very professional. They were not very polished, and these were people that we struggled with, and we had many HR conversations with, and they were on the fence. And I watched uh, a lot of the construction was right outside my office, and. Um, I was able to watch after like one of the major changes happened. It was almost overnight, and you were able to see people walked slower. They weren't yelling. It's just like they couldn't do that when you, everything looks that much more uh, elegant and professional. So with the sense of, I don't know if that's as deep as what you said, that it goes back into the motions or whatever, but it certainly affects their mood. An environment definitely makes a difference on how people will um, be effective at work. Got it, got it. Um, just but let's move on um, in, in the last part of this of this uh, podcast of this conversation let's move on to the networking piece we're here now at LinkedIn Global um, there are many people here who post frequently on LinkedIn you're one of them and I'm one of them as well and there's a lot of, of such people who post very frequently great content engaging content and we know that it's a platform and at the end of the day it's a platform it's a social media platform some people take it very seriously some people don't take it as seriously what we're here now is probably the biggest linkedin and linkedin global the biggest linkedin meetup ever and this is where people are meeting each other face to face for many people uh for the very first time we met at a linkedin local a few months back um actually for the very first time and we've heard so far tonight i think two distinct schools of thought as to what is the best way to engage on linkedin which if done properly, should be the same way that we engage in real life. Where some people were saying consistency, just be there every day, comment on people's things, engage with other people's content, show that you care, bring value to them that way. And you should just always be there so people always know that you're the guy who does X and you're just, you're always at the party. And then we heard from other people that no, not, not so much, quality is more important than quantity. Then we heard um, from Joe Applebaum before, a little shout out to Joe. Joe Applebaum and Joe Wall <laughs> for arranging this today. Um, but we heard him saying, yeah, <laughs> well, from him we, uh, we heard that he said something completely different. He said that for him, it's making introductions to other people. I'm going to introduce totally to Brian, and then, which has nothing to do with my business, but then when it comes to my business, other people will know that I'm a connector and they'll connect me as well. So which of those schools of thought um, do you subscribe to? Because I know you're a very engaged, aggressive networker in a very, very positive way. So I think it's a little bit of a mix of everything, and I think it's a very generic answer. So if you don't mind, I'll dive a little bit more into that. Um, yeah, please I do. The gallon fish tank in his house. And that was in the first conversation. That was, the, and you see, I remember him now. Another guy told me he's a website developer. I don't remember what he looks like, but I remember the guy who told me he has a fish tank at home. And then I asked him what he does for a living. That's I love what you said about that because because you'll remember the guy with the fish tank. It, boom, two fifty gallon. You don't know what two fifty gallon looks like. Maybe is it is it like gallons of orange juice, two hundred fifty of them lined up in your kitchen. But you remember, this guy's got a fish tank. It's, I think it's smallish. Anyway, this guy and I, and I think it's and then another guy says, oh, I, I do web development. You don't remember that, but this guy does scent in building. I mean, it's the most boring. Think about it. It really is like you think it's like one of those things. Like I remember the first time I met you, you do scent. It's like great, you know, build, go out, like go meet people in, in buildings and healthcare and hotels, but it's, it's boring, right? I but, but, but if you can get, if you can get people, and of course, scent association, all that stuff, there's a whole world there, but if you can get people to care about you and know you, 
I don't even care about you. Know you. And then association. Scent. This guy does scent. Who else has sent on LinkedIn? I have absolutely no idea. I know Tully does it, so that's that. Awesome, thank you, Joe Wall, for jumping in. I really appreciate that. And that is, that is really so true. Um, really, this is something we were saying all the time here, is that when you're networking, you're not work networking between businesses, you're networking between people. Exactly. So you, you could say, yes, hi, um, my name is Shmuel Sethis, and I do virtual tours, and I do a great job at them, if I must say so. But no one's gonna remember that. But if I say that I'm Shmuel Sethis, and I have the Love Your 9 to 5 show podcast, and I'm passionate that everyone should be working and spending their time 24 hours a day doing something that they absolutely love and something that they would almost pay to do for free, uh, or something they would almost do even if they weren't paid because that's how much they enjoy, then that'll automatically, well, I don't really like my job or I really do like my job, and that's where conversations really start to open. Exactly. It's, it resonates with people. It's John sells life insurance. People will hear if they say if they hear something personal about him. He has an awesome dog. He has 15 cats. Got it. Thank you, Tully. You've been a phenomenal guest. Tell the listeners where they can go to learn more about you. Where they obviously on LinkedIn, and where else can they find? So on LinkedIn, my name is spelled T S and Thomas U L I. My last name is Kraus K R A U S. That's mostly where I'm active. I just opened the Instagram account as Tully the Scent Guy. Um, but yeah, you can check out our website, freshsenseinc.com. Okay, thank you, Tully. Uh, I really appreciate your time with us today. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. You guys rock.